I would like to invite our guest interviewees to come and join me on the platform at this time. And while they're coming, I'd like to attend to just a couple of more housekeeping details. Uh, first of all, I am, have been very encouraged in recent weeks by the kids filling out their note sheets during the sermons. And if you would be filling out your note sheets again this morning during this interview, that would be uh, very helpful. The two key words we want you to focus on uh, during the interview are the words witness and pray. And so please make note of those. And um, I also want to share something that came to my attention recently. Uh, you know, we called attention to the kids ages two through nine who had their birthdays during the month of October. Uh, but there's uh, another person here this morning who has his birthday today. And that person is uh, Greg Yoder <laughs> from Keys for Kids Ministries. And, and so, uh, yeah, 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 you thought you were incognito, but it just didn't work. And so let's give Greg a round of applause. And now I'd like to turn our attention to Jesus' last words before he ascended into heaven. In the book of Acts, chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, Jesus said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, does anyone happen to know where Jesus was when he said those words? Okay, he was on the Mount of Olives when he said that. Does anybody happen to know where the Mount of Olives is? Yeah, it's just across the Kidron Valley from Jerusalem. And so basically Jesus is saying, um, you know, you're going to be witnesses to me right here in Jerusalem and then Judea, Samaria, and onto the ends of the earth. Now as we think about how that can apply to us, how are we witnesses for Jesus in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, uh, what, is, what might kind of be Jerusalem for us? Yeah, the Holland Zealand area can kind of be our Jerusalem. What about Judea? Yeah, maybe Western Michigan or Michigan as a whole. Uh, Samaria? Yeah, you know, just Midwest or something. The end of the earth. Yeah, the end of the earth. The end of the earth is the end of the earth. So, as we're thinking about how that applies to us today, we'd like to turn our attention then to our four guests that are with us this morning. Our church supports four organizations who in various ways help our church to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in the Holland Zealand area, and in Judea and Samaria. And uh, I'd like to have each of our guests tell us their names and uh, the organization they represent. And we'll uh, start down on the far end and work our way this way. Yeah. You're on. on. Am I on? Oh, good. Can't hear it. Hey, my name is Scott Klingberg, and I'm with the Holland Rescue Mission. My name is Ben Veltos, and I work for Positive Options. Uh, it's a service of Lakeshore Pregnancy Center. My name is Kevin Veening, and I'm with Zero Gravity Ministries right here in Zealand. And I'm Greg Yoder with Keys for Kids Ministries. You might remember us as Children's Bible Hour. Wonderful. Now I'd like to work our way back the other way 
And this time, I'd like each of you to give a one or two sentence summary of what your organization does. Well, Keys for Kids Ministries is designed to do one thing, and that is to ignite a passion for Christ in kids and families. And we do that, obviously, through a lot of different technology, radio, online, etc., but also through the old-fashioned print. Uh, Zero Gravity's mission and vision is to share a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ with uh, third through fifth graders here in Zealand. At Positive Options, our mission is to love people to life and love people through their hard decisions in life. Uh, and that includes unplanned pregnancies, obviously, and uh, we try to do that through the grace of God. At Helen Rescue Mission, our, our mission is to glorify God by providing um, our services to the homeless in our community. Okay, so we kind of have a little idea of the what of uh, your organizations. Let's uh, kind of turn our attention to why. And so uh, we're going to ask Ben first, why does our community need an organization like Positive Options? Uh, a year and a half ago before I started there, I wouldn't have known that we did need it. Uh, but uh, it's amazing when you get out from your closed doors what you find in the community. And there is a tremendous need for young people, uh, young people who are facing tough, tough, tough choices. and. Uh, a huge portion of that comes from just poor parenting. Uh, over and over and over, that's, that's the biggest thing that we see at, Planned at, uh, at Positive Options is the lack of, poor, of lack of parenting and poor parenting, or in some cases, no parenting at all. And why is it needed? Uh, it's needed for those young kids. Uh, they need our help. Okay, then Greg, why does Keys for Kids need to exist? Why do we need that ministry? That's a great question because you think there's a church all over the country and how, why in the world do we need an organization, especially like Keys for Kids, to reach kids? Um, what's interesting is that uh, there was some research that's been done, and maybe you can even answer this question yourself. Most people who come to Christ do so between their 4 and their 14th birthday. It's like 70 percent. Unfortunately, churches around the country, and around the world for that matter, only spend about 3% of their budget on reaching kids, their most fertile ground. And so while we have reached a lot of people here in the United States, uh, there are still 1.3 billion kids who need Jesus. And of those, 600 million are in unreached areas of the world. And what's interesting is that well, 80% of those that I'm talking about are oral learners. They either choose not to read or they can't read. And so the need to reach kids is great. And because as they, they pass that 14th birthday, that 14th birthday, the percentages go way, way, way down. That's not to say that the Lord can't reach adults, but it just doesn't happen as often. Hmm. Thank you. Kevin, why zero gravity? Well, about... Uh 11, 12 years ago, a couple of guys got together and they started to take a look at what was happening in the middle school. So these guys were involved in middle school ministry and they started to see that these middle school students were being introduced to things of this world and they were kind of getting uh, caught up in it and addicted to it. And they said, you know what, we need to share a clear presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ with the students before they even get to middle school. And so that's where Zero Gravity kind of got its birth from. And... Uh, figuring let's, let's share this message with the elementary students so that by the time they get to middle school, they already have a firm foundation. Amen. And Scott, why Holland Rescue Mission? 
Well, throw me out of order there. Huh? <laughs> uh, in the Holland community there in Zealand, uh, West Michigan area, there are plenty of homeless people. Um, you may have encountered some. You often see them standing on the corner, but that's not really where they always are. There are people that live today out in the woods in our community. Uh, we provide a shelter for them, a place, a beautiful place, actually, that you provide. Uh, we're just the throughput person here that God works through you to, um, and through us uh, to them. But uh, last night, we had 129 men, women, and children uh, stay with us at Holland Rescue Mission, including two babies that this, this last week came home from the hospital. Hmm. Wow. So, so we kind of know why. Let's think of how, kind of the nuts and bolts of how you do what you do. Uh, what does the ministry look like? And so, uh, Greg, if we can uh, start with you this time, tell us a little bit, bit about the how of how Keys for Kids accomplishes what it does. Well, I'll try to briefly. We've been around for 75 years, just celebrated our 75th birthday, and we initially started on the radio with radio drama, kind of the variety show for kids. And that's kind of morphed because a lot of radio stations stopped airing that type of radio program. So now we syndicate some programming. We have our kids, Keys for Kids devotional, which started in 1982. And what we do is we take real-life stories and teach a biblical truth from that story and really require each student to be able to read or at least to understand or listen to the word. So it's kind of like, I don't know, what would you call them? Um, parables, modern-day parables to help teach kids modern day, well not modern day, but uh, some old biblical truths. So we do it with the devotional. We also have a Parent Minute radio broadcast that's encouraging parents um, about what God's teaching them. We also do it through our own radio network, keysforkids.net, which is a full-time radio station for kids. And then we just started a couple of new programs. One is called Keys for Camps. It's a program designed to keep campers not in the Word just for a week, but for a whole year. Uh, this last year, we were able to, for our first year, about, sign up about 15,000 kids, so it was pretty amazing. And then we also started brand new this year called the Keys for Kids Creature Feature Storytellers. And basically, I can show you one. I've got one here in my pocket. It's a solar-powered MP3 device that has an audio version of Scripture, but then all of our Keys for Kids stories in English. But we're also wanting to do it in the top 100 mega languages of the world. And so we currently have seven languages in process. Um, our desire is to reach kids and their families again with the gospel so that they can be multipliers of the faith and be able to defend their faith when they're confronted with issues uh, within their school or within their peer groups, etc. So I've gone on way too long. I'm sorry. Well, thank you, Greg. Scott, let's jump down to you. How does Holland Rescue Mission accomplish what God has for it? Uh, we operate two different shelters in our community, one uh, for our men that's right downtown Holland, uh, that is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, all night, all day. Somebody's always there to welcome people. Uh, the same is true for our women and children's facility, uh, which is on uh, Fairbanks in Holland. And uh, we do the same thing there, operating that place that people can come to and find a warm, uh, clean, safe place. Uh, you know, the homelessness is not always what we think it is. Um, it's often surrounded by trauma and uh, mental illness. Um, just uh, Friday, we had the, a local police department drop off a man who had been living with his friend, and his friend overdosed that night before and died um, with him. Uh, and now he had nowhere to live. Uh, they brought him to the Holland Rescue Mission. Kevin, how does zero gravity accomplish its mission? 
Well, we hold uh, after-school clubs for uh, five out of the six elementary schools in Zealand. Uh, we're still working to get into the sixth yet. Um, but we meet the students after school. We meet them in uh, a, a meeting place, typically hallway or by the cafeteria there somewhere. Uh, it's a designated area. And then we transfer the kids uh, to a local church that's like as closest uh, to the school. And we hold our after-school program. So we do good 20 30-minute uh, Bible devotion and prayer time with the students. And then after that, we have the opportunity of playing some organized games, playing in a game room, uh, doing a craft, doing some homework, doing some things like that. Okay. Ben, positive options. How do they accomplish their mission? Well, when the kids come in, young, the young men and the young women come in, hopefully together, uh, they're given uh, pregnancy tests or an ultrasound, whichever they'd like, sometimes both. Uh, and those are typically scheduled in advance, but we take walk-ins also. Uh, that is uh, not all that happens. Uh, they are offered classes uh, that they can go to. To learn a class is basically a video, a teaching video. of um, can be breastfeeding, can be diaper changing, it can be learning what a baby's first cry means. There's 35, 40 different videos, all up to date, all very informative. And that's done not just in Holland, but it's done in Grand Haven and Allendale and Elgin. And also we have a mobile unit that goes around and does the same thing and offers all the same services. Thank you. Well, uh, of course, uh, serving the Lord is a great blessing. And uh, now would be a good time to hear about some of the blessings connected with your various ministries. So, Ben, we're going to start out with you this time. If you can kind of share a recent blessing that's been experienced in the ministry of Positive Options. I think always a blessing is when I, when I get the young man. That's who I work with. I work with the males uh, who come in and uh, had a young man come in um, recently, him and his girlfriend, and we separate them. Uh, we, we, the male meets with the male, the gal meets with the female, and there's reasons for that because sometimes uh, there's a fear factor from the female. She's not able to say what she'd like to say if he is sitting there with her, and sometimes vice versa. But anyway, um, these two came in and they were, they were seriously thinking about abortion. They weren't abortion-minded, but they were what we call abortion-vulnerable. And uh, anyway, they, were, they had come for an ultrasound. And uh, the young man came back to me and, uh, after the ultrasound and his eyes were just as big as saucers. And I said, so tell me, what did you see? And he said, I saw my baby boy. Hmm. Now, remember this is an eight-week ultrasound and the fetus is about that big. So for him to see his baby boy is uh, almost impossible. In fact, it is impossible. Uh, and as he talked, I, I tried not to uh, show any facial recognition about that, but as he was talking, I thought, dear Lord, please, when this baby's born, help it to be a boy for him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it, that, that kind of stuff is fun when their mind has changed. And, and an ultrasound does that so many times. Mm. Amen. Well, uh, Scott, how about uh, Holland Rescue Mission? Can you share a recent blessing from that ministry? Sure. At uh, Holland Rescue Mission, we have three pillars that we work in in our programming, and that's excellent hospitality, forward focus, not looking behind, but looking forward with the person, and then ultimately hope in Christ. That's what we ground people in. And uh, recently we had a guy uh, uh, finish our, our programming that had um, actually about 20 years ago was at Hope College studying computer science. Last year, in his year at Hope College, he got involved in drinking, uh, derailed his college career, didn't finish, uh, went into 20 years worth of uh, alcoholism. 
um, through our programs. He's got a new, renewed relationship with Christ uh, based on Romans 8.1. There, therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's moving forward now. Uh, we've got him education through M-Tech um, uh, uh, in computer numerical control. And uh, now he's a great part of our community working and loving the Lord and his church. Amen. Well, Greg, um, a blessing recently from the ministry of Keys for Kids. Well, it actually comes from Houston. Uh, we did something we've never done before, and that is uh, hurricane relief, Hurricane Harvey. And we sent about 18,000 um, Keys for Kids devotionals in Spanish and English, and then uh, Keys for Kids Seasons of Faith storybook called Bra- uh, Braving the Storm. And uh, we sent them down with international aid. And uh, just before our, just I think it was October 12th, we received this message back from our partner there. And this woman, her name was Kwame, and she has, she's a single mom, um, has a daughter, moved to Houston from Hawaii, and they basically lost everything. And they went to a church to get some relief, some clothes, some hygiene items, and some food, et cetera, just to be able to survive. In the process, uh, they received a devotional and one of the Keys for Kids Braving the Storm books. Well, that was, she just was floored by that. She didn't understand why, first of all, the church would be helping her, because that was just kind of a foreign concept to her. But then as she read this book, she was just drawn to tears. And uh, because she received what she received from this church, she had been invited to come to church, and so she decided that she was going to go because the church was so friendly. Well, she made a beeline for the pastor and said, why would God do something like this to somebody like me who's trying to get their life back together, who had a job and now has lost the job because the job was wiped out because of the hurricane? Why would, he, why would loving God do that? And the pastor was able to share the gospel with her. And uh, eventually she came to Jesus because of that Braving the Storm book that was meant for a child. Um, It was simple enough for an adult to understand and get to know. So we're just praising the Lord that maybe one soul uh, came to know the Lord because of that, uh, that hurricane relief outreach that we did. Amen. Kevin, Zero Gravity, a recent blessing. Yeah, this... uh this is ongoing blessing right now that I'm in the midst of. But about three weeks ago, I had uh, a mother of, she's got a couple of students that attend the program, and she approached me and she said, hey, I've, I also have a son, uh, but he's my troubled son. And she said, is there any way that he could attend the program? And I said, well, tell me a little bit more about your son. I said, when you say troubled, what do you mean? And she said, well, he has a ton of outbursts. He is uncontrollable, um, and just we really don't, know what to do with them and we can't explain anything and I said yeah well I I think it's worth a try let's let's have them come and I said do you mind if I just call school and and communicate with them she said not a problem so I said well you, will you call school and let them know that I'll be contacting them so we, we did that appropriately and I called school and they said to me they said Kevin are you aware of what you're getting into with this child and I said no <laughs> elaborate a little bit with me and uh, they told me they said well he's a part of uh, a program where there's five students and three teachers. She said, that just kind of gives you an idea of, of, of this kid. And uh, they said, we're going to talk with a teacher, and we're going to get some more information with you. And the teacher says, man, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what the triggers are, but this kid just has outbursts all the time. It just something just sets him off, and, and he just gets upset, gets angry, has temper tantrums, lays on the floor, and screams, cries, does all this stuff. And I said, hmm. I said, okay, well, I'm still worth, it's still worth a try. So... He's been attending the program for three weeks. Never heard him outburst, never heard him cry. And the other day, 
for doing our lesson. It was on uh, patience. And out of the corner of my eye, I see this, this kid just kind of sliding as I move to the right. As most of you know, I like to, I can't stand still. So as I move to the right, I see this little kid shuffle to the right. As I move to the left, I see this little kid shuffle to the left. And I look down, and there he is at my feet, soaking up every word that I'm sharing from the gospel with him like a sponge. And in that moment, I kind of realize, yeah, God's having patience with him, but really God's having patience with me. Mm -hmm. He's soaking up the word of God. He's devouring it. He's loving it. I wish I had that passion again in my life where I could just, but that's what a blessing. Not, not one outburst, not one cry. And I just tell him over and over how much I appreciate having them there. And he came up to me two weeks ago and he says, Mr. Kevin, I don't have a Bible at home. One of the things that we do is we make sure that every student who doesn't have a Bible at home has one and we give them one. And I said to him, I said, hey, we're gonna get you one. We went downstairs, we went into the Bible stash that we have and we gave it to him. And, and he says to me, he says, I wish I could come to Zero Gravity every day. And what a blessing to be able to, uh, just to, to minister to, to, that, to that student and to that family. Mm, amen. amen. Well, I'm sure that not everything in the ministry seems like a blessing right away. We, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, and uh, we, we face challenges in life. And so, um, uh, Kevin, I'm going to start back with you. Um, can you share a challenge that you faced recently in the ministry of Zero Gravity? Yeah, we've got uh, challenges for, for me is really connecting uh, people's needs with somebody who can help them with that. Uh, so, for instance, this week I had a mother uh, going, getting divorced, getting evicted, uh, has, has no money, has a real low-paying job, and, and she's like, can you help me out? And I'm like, yeah, I can, I can help you. So I give her some gas, but really what, what it is for, for me is I don't want to pay somebody's uh, rent to help them stay in a lifestyle that's going to cause them to three months down the road need rent money again. I need somebody that I can plug them into that will help them see that God can change their life and that they can uh, find hope in Christ and be able to change their lives through biblical concepts and principles. And so that's, that's kind of the hardest thing for us is to be able to connect people to get their needs fulfilled. I think, you know, we're, we're a great resource, but we're not able to, to fulfill all everyone's needs. So I think that's the biggest hurdle for us. Mm, yes. And Scott, then, in the ministry of the Holland Rescue Mission, can you share a challenge or challenges that have been faced recently? Sure. Um, you know, I grew up in this community. Uh, I actually, once I got to college, I got in this community. But I lived in this community for many, many years. Uh, attended a church very similar to this. Um, and um, I didn't realize the dark, dark world that's in this community. Um, I've been at Holland Rescue Mission now for a little over five years, and I have worked with personally 18 men and women who are dead. They died of overdose and murder. We live in a dark community. Um, we need, when we don't see it, uh, there are people that live in the woods around us. Um, and for our staff at Holland Rescue Mission, uh, it is a difficult journey. Um, just this last week, one of our staff members got a, a car window broken out by uh, a young uh, boy, actually, who has two felonies already. Uh, one of our uh, staff at our women's building was uh, 
graciously loving on a child and then realized that that child had lice crawling over him. She subsequently got lice. Now, is that a bad thing? Sure, those things aren't good, but our, our uh, staff and our team and many volunteers, even from this church, are there to provide um, the truth of the gospel. Um, what I see is a battle between truth and lies, and we face that in our own lives. Um, that goes back to the garden in Genesis 3, the lie that Satan put out. Um, we battle this truth and lies, and for us, it's a battle of truth and lies with people, and we combat the lies with the truth we find in the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Well, Greg, Keys for Kids is kind of a fun ministry, but I'm sure it's not all fun, fun and games. Uh, tell me about uh, challenge or challenges that Keys for Kids has faced recently. Well, the hard part right now for us is that the, the demand is so strong for some of the things that we're doing, and we just don't have the resources for it. I'll give you an example. Um, the Keys for Kids Storytellers, uh, we were approached by a ministry that does work with indigenous you know, Indian reservations. It's an oral culture. They need the Keys for Kids Storytellers, and we don't have the funding to send them all to them. We did some. Uh, we also have a, had a man in our office just a week and a half ago saying, we need Bengali. Hmm. We need $40,000 to get Bengali translated, printed, and more re- important, recorded, because the Bengali language is the largest unreached people group in the world. Uh, 300 million people or more. Um, we have the same issue with Arabic. Uh, we have had someone that has graciously translated Keys for Kids devotional stories into Arabic for 15 years, but we don't have it in audio. We don't have the funding right now to do it in audio. Can you imagine if we have Keys for Kids in audio form uh, and being able to just allow kids to be able to hear these amazing stories, but more importantly, point them to Jesus? I know what I could do with $2 million right now. I know what I could do with $2 million. Mm. Um, but it's the little, little, little battles that we need to wage. Uh, right now, the biggest need is the Oyate um, indigenous tribe. Uh, it has the largest or the worst suicide rate in the United States. Mm. Um, and it is an, a dark, dark, dark place. Um, and they need Jesus. These kids just need Jesus. And so we're really hoping um, this initial deal is about a $4,000 initiative. So it's not a big deal, but it's just not budgeted. So mm-hmm. how, how can you raise the funding for that? So almost all of our issues uh, almost center around funding. But mm-hmm. God has been gracious. The two years that I've been at Keys for Kids Ministries, he has increased the amount of funding coming in. So we are doing more things, and we're so excited mm-hmm. about that. Well, Ben, with positive options, can you share a recent challenging situation? Well, some of our challenges are are like other challenges here. Funding is always a challenge for nonprofits, but also connectivity, too. Uh, When these gals and guys come to us, uh, they go through classes, uh, prenatal classes. They'll go through uh, childbirth parenting classes afterwards, and that lasts for about two years where we get to tell them about Christ and the Lord and the saving grace of him and uh, but it doesn't help their economic situation and once they're done with those parenting classes then where do they go you know we can't keep them forever thankfully we we're starting a best life community uh, outreach program now and your church thankfully is part of that uh, and we appreciate that like crazy uh, but that's a that's a way and a, and a way and a place for us to send them. If they're in the Zealand area, we can send them to First Baptist Church and say, "There's a group there that's been trained. 
that will help you sustain what we've started here and hopefully continue leading you to Christ. So that, and, but that is always an issue for us. Mm, well, thank you for that. So in Ephesians chapter 619, the Apostle Paul asked the Ephesians to pray for the ministry that God had called him to. And of course, you know, you think the Apostle Paul, what did he need prayer for? I mean, you know, he's like Superman. Um, and yet he knew that he was dependent upon the prayer of God's people in order for him to accomplish the ministry that the Lord was calling him to. And so I'd like to ask uh, each of you very briefly to just uh, share how our church should be praying for you in your ministry. And so, uh, Greg, I'm going to start with you. Is there anything that you would like our church family to especially mention to the Lord? Well, the first thing that I would hope that you would be praying is that Satan would be bound. Um, he does not like what we're doing. I mean, think about it. Reaching kids. We reach kids. We have them for their life. And so he doesn't like what we're doing. And so just pray for our staff that our sin would be recognized by ourselves and confessed, that the Lord would protect us from evil, uh, that he would surround us with his loving kindness, uh, that we would allow our or his plans to be our plans. Sometimes when you go through strategic planning, you've got this thing you call a little, uh, a little Bible, and you stick to it so much that you don't allow for the Holy Spirit to lead you, mm -hmm. and so be praying about that. Um, in terms of the physical prayers and how you can pray for the ministry and the things that we're doing, these Keys for Kids storytellers, we're just so excited about them. But the question is, how do we let people know that they're here and that they're available and that ministries can use them? You know, we just have a, a, a huge need for marketing. So pray that through social media, through the viral marketing that exists today, that it would just kind of take off so that people can know about that. But also, uh, that the partnerships that we're developing for these new translations would be God-ordained partnerships. We already have about a dozen partners that are willing to become distributors of these storytellers around the world. Um, seven different languages are in process. So if you could be praying about the various languages that we're working on um, and also the partnerships that we're developing through these Keys for Kids storytellers, that would be very helpful. Well, thank you. So let's think about positive options. And Ben, how can we pray for positive options? Well, again, you can pray for that connectivity. Uh, you can also pray for funding. But you can pray for the kids that come in there. They are seeking um, without exception. Uh, when they come into the centers, they always fill out a, what's called an intake form. And on there, they'll check what is their supposedly religion. Um, there's Buddhist, there's Muslim, there's Wicca, there's Sikh, there's Jehovah Witness, Mormonism, Christianity, Catholic, Catholicism. It's all on there, and I've seen almost every last one of them. Uh, but at the, at the end of our sessions, I always ask, as do all the other male advocates, we always ask, would it be okay if we prayed for you? I have not yet had one ever refuse that, including atheists. Hmm, uh, amazing. They always, they're always accepting of that. So they're looking. and. Uh, we need prayer for that. Amen. Well, Kevin, for zero gravity, how can we pray for zero gravity? Yeah, just continue with prayer that we'd be able to get the, the students into the program, especially students that, that need to be there. Um, you know, our target group 
to say would be students who are unchurched. Uh, so we'd, lo we'd love to have more of them be able to attend the program. Um, pray for a few more volunteers. We need a few more what we call chaos controllers. Um, it gets a little crazy, gets a little hectic, but uh, it's a great time. Um, let's see here. Uh, just the school would, would open up a, l a little bit more. Um, for those of you that are familiar with the Zealand area, they kind of closed uh, some things down to us about a year ago, year and a half ago or so. And so things are starting to warm back up where they're opening some more things up to us again. Uh, just to be great if we could have access to campus a little bit more so that we could uh, build relationships to get students to attend the program and uh, just be a godly influence in their lives. Amen. And uh, Scott, for Holland Rescue Mission, how can we pray for that ministry? Sure. Uh, just like Ben said, uh, we have the same thing. We talk with people, and, and they're very open to hearing um, what we have to offer. And we have the truth to offer, hope that they don't have. Many of our people come with no hope. And I just ask you to pray for our, our, uh, both our staff and our volunteers that come and talk with people. Uh, just maybe it's uh, maybe they're in the kitchen helping prepare food and they've got one of our guests there working alongside them um, to be able to share with them the hope that we have in Christ and how they can have that hope as well. Uh, the, the people that we work with are truly hopeless. Um, they not only in the homeless, I think even to call them a homeless population um, is a little bit of a misnomer and uh, come join me for the next hour and you'll hear more about that. But um, they really have a, a hurt in that many of them are, most of them are all alone. And uh, may we introduce them to Christ. Amen. Well, thank you so much, uh, Scott, Ben, Kevin, and Greg. I appreciate you sharing with us this morning. Uh, one of the ways that our church supports and comes alongside ministries like these is through our Faith Promise Fund, through Faith Promise Mission Giving. And... Um, through Faith Promise, we give over and above our regular tithes and offerings in order to help support the task of world evangelization. And all of you should have a Faith Promise commitment card in your bulletin this morning. And right now, we'd like to share a short video that will tell you a little bit about how you can actually go about filling out those cards. And then, as we conclude the service this morning, uh, we have joy boxes in the back. And what a joy box is, it's a box back there that says joy. <laughs> and uh, you, it's got a little slot in the top. You can drop that card in the joy box as you leave the auditorium this morning as your uh, commitment for the next 12 months uh, to help over and above your regular giving in the task of world evangelization. Um, now, some of you might think, well, you know, I filled out a faith promise card last year or two years ago or 10 years ago, and, um, you know, I st I'm still committed to the same amount. Well, please fill it out again this year so that we know that you're still committed for that amount. We, um, we don't know when you filled out the card 10 years ago whether or not you meant for that to be every year or just for one year. So tell us what you're planning to do in the next 12 months. We'd appreciate that very much. And so uh, let's show that video at this time. In Matthew 28, 19 through 20, Jesus commands us, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Our church family seeks to obey this commandment by supporting missionaries around the world. One of the ways we help our missionaries is through the Faith Promise Fund. It takes on the support of new missionaries. It gives our missionaries ministry tools, medical care, and funds for special projects. 
It helps people in our congregation as they go on short-term vision trips to better understand and pray for the work of our missionaries. Yearly, we invite everyone in our church family to participate in Faith Promise Missions Giving. By committing to give a certain amount over and above our regular tithes and offerings, we help with the task of sharing the good news about Jesus Christ around the world. When we make that commitment, we are trusting the Lord to provide the resources we need to honor that commitment. It is exciting to take that step of faith and to see how the Lord provides those resources throughout the year. To make a faith promise commitment, first pray. Ask the Lord, what would you like to give through me toward the task of making disciples of all nations? When the Lord has made his leading clear, take a copy of the Faith Promise Commitment form. Notice what it says. By God's grace, I commit to give the following amount to our Faith Promise Missions Giving Fund. This is a commitment to give in accordance with God's grace to you. You are making a commitment to provide a certain amount to the Faith Promise Fund in accordance with God's provision. If something occurs that makes it impossible to fulfill your commitment, you may consider yourself released from that commitment. It is a commitment based upon God's provision. On the other hand, something may occur that will merely make it difficult to fulfill your commitment. You may find out that your income is reduced or your expenses are increased. Under those circumstances, please be encouraged to continue to honor your commitment. God's greatest blessings come when you remain faithful to Him in the midst of difficulty. Now notice the line that says, I understand that this faith gift is in addition to my regular giving to the general budget. Please don't say to yourself, I will give less in my regular tithes and offerings in order to participate in faith promise missions giving. Instead, by faith, make a commitment to participate in faith promise missions giving over and above what you are already giving elsewhere. Farther down on the form, there is a space for you to write whether you want to give that amount in weekly, bi-weekly or monthly installments, or if you want to give it all at once. This gives you a chance to plan your giving based upon how frequently you receive income. For example, if you are paid every week, then you can commit to give a certain amount every week. If you are paid bi-weekly or monthly, then you can commit to give a certain amount at those times. Or if you would rather give a lump sum all at once, you can do that as well. After you decide how much you want to give and how often, go back up to the line that says total annual commitment amount and fill it in. If you commit to give a weekly amount, multiply that amount by 52. If you commit to give a bi-weekly, multiply that amount by 26. If you give monthly, multiply that number by 12. If you have committed to give a certain amount all at once, the total amount will be the same as the amount of the one-time gift. Please fill out the bottom of the form in the same way you have filled out the top and then fold the form along the dotted line and tear it in half. Then drop the top half of the form in the offering plate or one of the joy boxes and keep the bottom half as a reminder of what you have committed. So I want to mention again, I hope that all of you will be able to join us during the Adult Bible Connections Hour to hear further from our interviewees. And so Kevin Veening from Zero Gravity will be in the gym, and Scott Klingberg from Holland Rescue Mission will be speaking in the church parlor. Greg Yoder from Keys for Kids Ministries will be speaking right here in the main auditorium. And Ben Belthouse of Positive Options or Lakeshore Pregnancy Center will be speaking in room 110. And now, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. 
the God of our salvation. Amen. You're dismissed.